0: Thomas Elrod of High Performance Real Estate Advisors, powered by Keller Williams Realty. Thomas, you talk a lot about a team approach versus working with a single agent. What's that all about? Kyle, we have a saying in real estate. When you work with a single agent and they're at the beach, you ain't got no one to reach. That's true. And we had that experience. Our agent, Landon, was out on vacation one week. We wanted to put in an offer, and Brian and your office helped us out put the offer in while Landon was out sipping Mai Tais. And that was on a Sunday. So reach out to the only agents I trust at HighPerformanceRealEstate.com, and they'll see you at the closing table.
1: This is WFNZ FM Harrisburg and WLNK HD3 Charlotte. The
2: exclusive home of the Charlotte Hornets.
1: Exclusive presentation from sports radio 92.7
2: WFNZ. The exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports Fan. This
1: is instant replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Featuring the best of the best from today's conversations, observations, and ruminations. Because great radio is still fresh the second time around. Earlier today on the Mac and Bone Show.
3: What do you want the Hornets to do? What do you want them not to do? Um, the Miles Bridges thing is going to be an option that they have bone. And I don't know. You brought up a great question. And I wonder how else feels about this. Do you think the new owners could veto a Miles Bridges signing? I mean, Michael Jordan is still going to be the owner during free agency. It's not going to be official. I would think, Bone. until free agency is over. Mitch said last week that Michael is still in charge during free agency. But he did say that we are in communication with the new owners and they have input. Do you think there's a chance that they could put the kibosh
4: on Miles coming back? Is there a chance that maybe they thought we can't have Miller Ambridge's back? Did the ownership, Mac, maybe... I'm not... I don't know. It's all speculation. I don't know. But did the, the new ownership think to themselves, it's just a bad look to bring both guys back, Miller and Bridges, to the organization? Do we need to bring both these guys back under their circumstances? Maybe that that played a part in there. I, I don't know the the thinking, but it's a legitimate question that they, they may feel differently. Maybe Mitch and MJ's plan all along involved Bridges coming back. But maybe... Their future plans and their thoughts doesn't involve Bridges coming. If you are Plotkin and Schnall,
3: do you want one of the, do you want one of the f- things to do right before you take over is to bring back Miles Bridges after what he pled no contest to? I, I think it's a legitimate question. I, I think there's a legitimate possibility that that might not go over well with them. Uh, Miles kind of had another, another one of his cryptic tweets the other day, basically making it sound like. Somebody didn't stand by their word or whatever. Hornets fans started trying to put two and two together. Maybe it doesn't have anything to do with the Hornets. Um, But it does make you wonder if, and I would applaud the owners if they do, say, hold on now. Don't do this. Don't do this, Michael. All right, we're going to be the majority owners. You're still going to be a minority owner. Um, Please allow us to make the call. Go find someone else to sign. I, I would I would respect that 100
4: percent because while MJ is still there right now and is in, in in decision making, do they want the first two moves on their docket with a fresh start for the organization to be both Miller and Bridges or do they want to sort of the best that they can sort of wipe that slate clean here and start anew at least on the Bridges side? Of
3: the yeah, although clearly they still went ahead and drafted Miller. I, I can't say this enough. I really think there's way more gray area with Brandon Miller. Like, I understand a lot of people are lumping that in together with Miles. I think there's a lot more gray area, a lot more things that we don't know. Miles Bridges pled no contest to that crime. Yes. Pled no contest. Like, Brandon Miller's lawyer says he was driving over there to get him anyway didn't realize what he was heading into. So I like I I I find it much more easier to like I just I don't think the situations are the same.
4: Is also, what I'm trying to it, say, when when it, I, I don't know how you feel about that. They're not. But he, here's here's the thing basketball wise as well. Something has to give with the roster as well. Because you yeah, you may look to move them, but right now, Terry Rogier's is on what? Three more years on his contract for, for, for good money for him. He's still under contract. Gordon, we know, is on the way out soon, but for right now, he's still there. Not as big of a factor for what I'm saying as the other guys. But, you know, Miles, you you, you want to bring him back? PJ wants to get paid. He's a forward. Brandon Miller, what, where does he fa- like, Where does the roster go with all these guys? You want to bring guys back. You want to resign him. You drafted Brandon Miller. At some point, you're getting sort of log jammed up a little bit here. Roster-wise. You sign Cody Martin as a forward. At some point, you got to move off some guys here as well.
3: Uh, so, bring, so, so who them- do we not bring back? Do we not bring back? Well, Miles, I think we both agree we wouldn't bring back. Um, but like P.J. Washington, if you're a Hornets fan listening to this, you bring back P.J. Washington and Bridges, what do you do with Terry Rozier and Gordon Hayward? Is there a trade made here at some points? Or do you try to, I I don't, the old regime, and I guess there's still, I guess MJ, I guess the old regime is still technically running this. We know what MJ's regime would do. He would keep all these guys together and he'd push like hell for a six or seven seat. Yes. Right? And I'm not saying that idea is not, I mean, I guess there's some merits to that idea, Um You'll get some flexibility, even if you just let Gordon Hayward walk after the season. You'll get $31 million of cap room right there. And how does the new regime view the way this has been done all along? I know Plotkin's been here in a minority ownership role now for four years, I think, observing this. Like, when they get here, will they want to shake the roster up a little bit? There's just – the ownership thing creates so many questions because we have no idea – how they view what Michael and company have been doing here. Okay. I would hope they aren't happy with it, right? Because this team has, I was listening to KB show the other day. I think it's now the fourth longest streak of missing a playoffs in North American sports. It's the longest so, in the NBA. So I would hope, Bone, that they ain't happy with the way things have been done because it ain't working. So how much are they going to shake things up? It's just, it's hard to gauge, and we don't know. Are they going to put their foot down and say, we don't want this guy? To, you know, there's so many, we want this guy traded. There's so many questions. Or is it literally Michael Jordan and Mitch get to do what they want to do until the sale goes through in a couple months?
4: And, you Whoa. know, where, what does PJ think his value is based off roster fit as well? That combination. Because, Mac, do you play Brandon Miller at the, the two with LaMelo and you run a front line of Bridges, PJ, and Mark Williams? But you're not going to put Rogier on the bench for right now. He's still on the roster for right now. I don't know what's going to happen. What about Hayward and Rogier? Well, I'm looking at Walt more of into the – Hayward is, is off the books within a year, but I'm just talking about more down the line. If, are you going to invest in P.J. Washington without fully knowing exactly what his role might be? Because if it's Miller's the three, Miles is the four, Williams is the five, that's the lineup up front, Where where does P.J. fit in there? Six man, and you're going to pay a lot for a six man. There, I think. I think how much is he really going to get? And also, I think you we can know? Find, He's very inconsistent. I would. I think I can find someone in a bench role for better value than what PJ Washington they want.
3: I mean, in fairness, he did have his best season, 16 points a game. He did have his best and he's season. Gonna, he's going to want to get paid well, like it was what his what best season. What good six men get in this league? They get paid, right? Let me look it up. I mean, is he a good enough six man to pay though? I guess he's your question. Listen, can I not find I could, someone that can do what he does for less or money? I could do without PJ. I don't think like he's a stretch four, but I don't think he's the most reliable outside shooter. He's an all right outside shooter, but there's much better stretch four outside shooters. He also has a four doesn't rebound the ball really well. Like I, I could leave PJ easily. I, I could easily take or leave him. What I'm saying though bone is I feel like paying a guy like that to be on the bench. Eventually good teams have guys like that coming off the bench. Right. They, like they, I've said all along, P.J. Washington, to me, is not a starter on a
4: good basketball team. But he is going to think that he is a starter and want to get paid. Well, he like might one get a rude way By the way, he's, a, he's a restricted free
3: agent, so they can sit backbone and see if anybody offers him a long term deal. Right. And they have the right to match it. Because do you think his market like is his do we know how high his
4: market's going to be? It's is not it really I, close to twenty million, or that's, is that BS? That's kind of what the, you know? the he's wanting, but where does it yeah, fall in I'm reality? Saying. I don't know. So
3: maybe you let the market make your decision. However, high that if an offer comes in for him, yeah, I just because you know, he's a restricted free agent, you can just say, okay, go ahead, or you can say, oh, I'm going to you do just, that deal.
4: Just bringing back the whole crew and adding Brandon Miller is that is that good enough, or do you need some some fresh bodies, some different people in there? The Hortons also get very attached to. Their own players. I think they
3: feel like they can't get good players in free agency, right? And they're probably right about that. Well, history says. What you're saying is, you can get a player as good as as PJ for cheaper. Is what you're saying? What I'm saying is, let the market. Sure they will. I don't know if I'm buying all this. PJ's going to get close to 20 million thing.
4: I think that might be what they're asking for, but yeah. it's not going to it's not going to yeah. be the reality of the situation. So
3: what about six men and contracts?
4: Did you look that up, Boney? Well, I'm looking at the award winners for this past year. Brogdon was the six-man in Boston. You know, he's was more of a starter type than a six-man. Yeah, he got 20 plus million. Emmanuel quickly right. got second and he's not on a big contract yet for the next. He was a young kid, but he's on his first contract. Yes, Malik Monk was Third, but what's Monk's current contract at Sacramento? though? Not much at all. Bobby Portis was fourth, and Larry, and Larry Nance Jr. was fifth. That's just the the award and winners.
3: It's not like PJ has been up here. You know, would is he is he one of the best six men in the league, or is he just a solid sixth or seventh man on the roster? I think solid's the best uh,
4: way to describe
3: him. By the way, I keep seeing this. multiple people want Kelly Oubre back. I just feel like that ship sailed, man. I feel like there's no chance he comes back. Look at all no. the other wing scores they have. Bone, they got to let him have a chance. Like, I know the city's down on book night, but like book night, McGowan Smith, like these guys are going to get a chance to be backups. Plus, Brandon Miller might be a backup. You brought that up in the first hour. You brought that up about Steve Clifford. Lamelo didn't even start his first year at the start of the season. So there's a very good chance Brandon Miller's coming off the bench at Kelly Oubre's
4: position. Cliff likes his veterans. It'll be how quickly Brandon Miller adapts defensively with Clifford to his playing time, I think. I think offensively he'll be fine. I think it's going to be, is he picking up defense, defensive schemes, all that sort of stuff? If he is, then Cliff might play him more than we're even thinking right now. But right away, I think they're going to try to ride with Gordon Hayward to at least start the season.
1: Listen to Mac and Bone every weekday morning from 6 to 10. Instant replay continues with more in a moment. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.
2: The exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports (laughs) Fan.
1: To instant replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ because great radio the second time around is always twice as nice. This afternoon on the Wesson Walker Show.
5: Let's go to the Carolina Panthers, do some more rank radio. Bill Barnwell, he did the offensive arsenal discussing who had the best offensive weapons in the NFL. And, of course, you had to scroll all the way towards the bottom to see the Carolina Panthers listed at 31 overall. Now, we'll get into some of those reasons, but it was interesting to see previous year's rankings, Wes, because in 2021, Carolina was ranked 7th overall. Last year, they were ranked 18th. This year, they're ranked 31st. Mm. Now, 2021, Robbie Anderson was coming off of a 1,000-yard season. DJ Moore, 1,100 yards. They had the best running back in all of football, possibly, with Christian McCaffrey. You can argue however you want to, but clearly up there and deserving of Big that debate. So I had no problem with Carolina being seventh overall. Top 10, it made a lot of sense for them. Then you go to 2022. Robbie had a down year. Christian McCaffrey often injured, and that's going to get you to about that average point. But even last year to this year, I've made the comparison saying, look, DJ Moore is clearly the best. All of them in a room together. DJ Moore is the best skill player that you have. Christian McCaffrey is better, but the injury, maybe that brings him down a little bit. He's traded, whatever, right? Just as far as the receiving core goes, DJ Moore is the best. Would you rather have the spread wealth that you have here compared to what you had last year? Because Terrace Marshall, if we think that he can be somebody that helps out quite a bit this season, sure, but that's his third year in the league. So you're talking about an older Terrace Marshall compared to a younger one last season. Shy Smith might get cut and he was someone you had to rely on a part of your offensive arsenal last year. If you're bringing in the tight end into the equation, No doubt Hayden Hurst is better than any passing or pass-catching tight end you had last year. I think you could. You could make an argument from top to bottom— This year is better than last year, even if they had D.J. Moore, who, top heavy, he was the best out of anybody in the room. Yeah, I would agree
6: with you. This year's core is definitely better than last year's when you talk about uh, weapons at your disposal because you do have spread wealth. You do have guys that are coming in that are more dependable, especially when you talk about feeling and he's a vet that you know that might not put up crazy numbers all of the time but this is a guy that's still a very good veteran player chart you know we've talked about he's had a 1,000 yard season before Mingo looks very promising Hayden Hurst was very productive in a Cincinnati offense with a lot of uh, mouths to feed so to speak and this offensive line uh, is markedly better than what they had so I think that you for sure would take this one over
5: 2022. Yeah, I mean, think about, who was your second best receiver? It was Terrace. Right. And it wasn't really close. Robbie got traded. The running back that was just okay yeah and and you can go with Deontay if you're just going receivers that's when I can throw in the terrace pretty simple there if you wanted to go Deontay Foreman he was very good maybe not as good as Miles Sanders Chuba
6: had a good year last year but this especially was, second yeah, half yeah in 2022 yeah. we didn't know that that year was
5: coming where he was and he's still on the team have a healthy yards per care yes and he's still on the team <laughs> and you might have upgraded at least yardage wise you upgraded at running back with Miles Sanders yeah so this is why even with me The dude that was questioning the DJ Moore trade, how that was going to affect them. They did a good job of getting as much talent as they could and shopping in the bargain bin while also still developing Terrace Marshall. There's some real things to look at with him taking another step. And this is what Bill Barnwell, who is great at this stuff, but he does write this. He said, They have fellow former second rounders, Terrace Marshall and LaVisca Chenault, but they aren't much more than post-hype sleepers at this point. Mm. DJ Chark has upside and hit several big plays during a hot stretch in December, but the often injured wideout just underwent ankle surgery. And you can even talk about Hayden Hurst, Miles Sanders. He likes those guys. He says he's more optimistic about those players, but the caveat is that they both benefited from great offensive situations, which is true. not giving any positivity. If there is a doubt, he's going to go the negative way, which is fine. I understand that there's not a lot of star power. I just think you have some solid dudes really anywhere you look. Wide receiver is the diciest of all the positions. Adam Thielen is older. It's questioned question to think what kind of production he could bring. Yeah, I just think compared to last year, it's weird to see the big-time gap between 18 and 31 when there's a real argument to make that right now their pass-catching crew is better than what it was last
6: now, year. Now, these could be haunting words if things don't work out for whatever reason because – automatically people will say about Miles Sanders and Hayden Hurst, but especially Miles Sanders, people are going to say we never should have picked him up. He benefited from the Philly offensive line and all those weapons. So he definitely mm-hmm. has a lot to prove. Thankfully, the Panthers have a much better offensive line that I think will provide him with holes to be able to show that he uh, is worth the Panthers going out and acquiring him. But yeah, I mean, this write-up of the Panthers' weapons is just it's it's pretty negative, but then you could look at it as some fans might say, well, is it more realistic where he's pointing out things that
5: are true? And so I guess it's how you choose to look at it. Well, and... <laughs> There are people writing in. I'll read a couple of the text. 814 said Thielen and Chark have injury history. Marshall has improved anything, and Miles is an average back if healthy. Emdahl wrote in, TMJ is unknown. Chark is always hurt. Thielen is 100 years old and will be in the slot. Mingo is a rookie. This wide, regroup, wide receiver group is not in any way better. The people questioning Terrace Marshall, he was your second leading receiver last year. So if you're questioning him this year when there's a legitimate conversation about him maybe being your third or fourth guy with Tark, Thielen, and Mingo, and he was your second leading receiver, and your third was Shai Smith, and he might get cut, then it doesn't make any sense to me that there would be that big of a gap. And Wes, it's not Bill Barnwell. It'd be one thing if it was just one ranking. It'd be one thing if we just cherry-picked some list and we just focused on it. Pro Football Focus is telling you this different personalities. And this is what I don't get. And I was here to question the lack of skill position that you have with this group, but you have solid dudes. I'm not saying any of them are going to make the pro bowl. I don't think that not one of them, in my opinion is going to make the pro bowl. I know you've thought maybe with Hearst, but that's probably the, the best, best case to, to get a pro bowl nod. But last year it was all DJ. And then TMJ who broke out quote unquote in the second half, and this guy might be your third fourth guy. I, I just don't see the gap, despite what people are saying on the text line and despite what pundits are ranking them to be. Yeah, I agree
6: with you. I mean, this group, they have a lot to prove. And so for Thielen, you know, it's going to be, is he still a semblance of the receiver that he once was? They talked about Chark and the injury history. Mingo's got to show that this is not just – them hyping him up in helmets and shorts. So there is a lot to prove for this group, but still on paper. And from everything that you've heard so far, I would take this group over last year. But as far as T.A., TMJ is concerned. I think more so fans are just still waiting on that promise of when he came out from that prolific LSU offense, and everybody thought, oh man, he's out from under the shadow of Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson and those guys, and he's going to show that he was a top-notch bona fide receiver in his own right, and we still have not seen that yet. Plus, Plus, add on top of it, you see Justin Jefferson gritty in every other game, scoring touchdowns. You see Jamar Chase popping off and scoring a lot uh, of touchdowns as well, and killing everybody as far as just yardage and catches so I think that when you compare him to his other two teammates you thought you might be able to get at least some of that from him haven't seen it yet so that's why I think a lot of fans are still down on TMJ
5: I do think that the QB this year and Bryce Young is going to help these guys reach their potential that they might have as well and so when you talk about Bryce Young, did you go throw your? I saw you throw your hands up. Do you agree with that statement? Yes. Yeah, because okay. look at what all
7: look at the
5: <laughs> wide look at the production last year from the wide receiver group, mm-hmm.
7: and look at the quarterbacks you were playing with. You had a guy who got every other ball batted down. Sam Darnold, PJ. Well, I mean, like you you've already got a better quarterback in the room today than you had at any point last year.
5: That matters. And let's go to Steve Smith. On the cut to it, is this the podcast, if I'm not mistaken? Cut to it. Steve Smith talking about Bryce Young, another NFL legend that you could compare him to. Here is the legend himself talking about the rookie QB.
8: People say, oh, Steve is
1: always rooting for the short guys. Bryce Young reminds me of Drew Brees in essence of Mm, shoulders up and anticipation and knowing his own deficiency. I'm rooting for him because he's not trying to be something he isn't. Bryce Young is not going to throw you a 70-yard bomb off his back foot like Aaron Rodgers has ever done. He will drop some dimes out there in that 0 to 22-yard area, and that's what he does.
5: That beat was fire. Oh, you like that? Yeah, we need that. You like the opinion and the beat (laughs) because it was similar to you. I do think Quite a few people have gone with the Drew Brees, Bryce Young comparison. I'm not
6: breaking the mold.
5: Well, I thought you might. I thought you'd be like, look, I said it. Me and Smitty were like (laughs) this.
7: This is one of my favorite things Wes does is when someone, like, whenever he has a good take himself, we did it, and when we got off the bus. Mm -hmm. Or when someone else delivers a take. Yeah, I had that same opinion.
6: I mean, I like to give myself my flowers. You know, my girlfriend complains all the time that uh, I don't give people a chance to buy me gifts. I go out and get them on my own, and I don't (laughs) give myself flowers. Yep,
5: can't confirm because I wasn't invited to the birthday party. uh, You can't confirm you weren't there, I guess, is what you're saying. Thing. I don't know which one it was. I can
6: confirm which, you never answered the text. That though. is true.
5: And he tried to blame me. Yeah. I didn't throw this you thing. You know Fitty. You know Fitty. He's going to throw you under that
6: bus, man. You Fiddy would be a really good wrestler if he could wrestle because he's definitely going to throw you under the bus
5: when the adversity hits. I mean, he, wear, he wears heel stuff all the time. Yes. So he would be the wrestling heel. There's no doubt about it. That was good.
1: <laughs> You can hear Wes and Walker, live and local every weekday afternoon from noon to 3. Sit tight and stay locked, because instant replay continues next. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC.
2: The exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports Fan. Queen City, your family and your friends are invited to celebrate America's freedom at the best 4th of July fireworks show in the Southeast. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ welcomes the return of WBT Sky Show. Tuesday, July 4th at Truist Field in Uptown Charlotte. Come out and enjoy the fun of Charlotte Knights baseball. And don't miss the amazing 4th of July fireworks show at the 2023 WBT Sky Show. Brought to you in part by Audi Charlotte and Dry Otter Waterproofing. For more information, visit WFNZ.com.
1: Congratulations, Brandon Miller, and welcome to the Queen City. With the second pick in the 2023 NBA draft, the Charlotte Hornets select Brandon Miller. We can't wait to hit the lake with you, show you around Uptown, and watch you do your thing at the Spectrum Center. Once the city is trying to get to know them, I mean, I think they're going to fall in love with it. Happy to have you join the team here at Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Like my dad
2: said, once Charlie gets to
0: know who I am, it's going to be a
2: movie. The exclusive home of the Charlotte Hornets and the Charlotte Sports Fan.
1: soccer season, and you can celebrate the journey at the WFNC Jack Daniels Doghouse before and after every home game. The
2: same made by kick off with some of your favorite
1: friends that's right join wfnc before and after all home matches with select broadcasts coming to you live from the audi charlotte studio and brought to you by jack daniels and pepsi and that is it the crowd
2: belongs to charlotte
1: only from sports radio 92.7 wfnc the exclusive home of the
2: charlotte sports fan
1: about it we are talking about
0: it right young is a
5: carolina Panther. So he actually did this and this is part of his process and he's uh he's unique that way and that's kind of what stood out
9: new era of Panthers football
1: begins with this uh, tonight so i think it was the right pick of the one we thought it would be it's happening in charlotte sports it's happening on sports radio 92.7 wfnc
2: the exclusive home of the charlotte sports fan in sports,
1: and it's happening in Charlotte. It's happening here, and you can happen here by tapping your fingers on these digits 704 570 9610.
2: Only from Sports Radio 92.7 FM, WFNZ, the official home of the Charlotte sports fan.
1: This is instant replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Earlier this afternoon on the Kyle Bailey show,
0: the the running back position. Let's go here for a second. It was just a couple of days ago. Two-time pro bowler Melvin Gordon says the running back position in the NFL is the worst to play right now, saying, quote unquote, it literally sucks. (laughs) Said that to Jim Rohn, by the way, saying, quote, it's just so tough for running backs right now, man. You have a lot of running backs that's out there and we just don't get no love. It's literally the worst position to play in the NFL right now. It literally sucks. End quote. You don't hear stuff like this very often. Like we've heard tight ends, you know, upset, especially there for a while that they were being paid as, you know, lesser than to wide receivers. Even though tight ends have become absolute pass catching weapons, first and foremost in the modern NFL Um, But you don't hear linebackers complaining about stuff very much in terms of their place on the pecking order. Um, Wide receivers are always divas. They always complain. But that's just the nature of the position. Um, But this is different, right? You don't usually hear an NFL player complain about how much their position sucks. So Melvin Gordon clearly feels pretty strongly about this point. We know he's not alone. Over the last decade... Running backs have lost value in the eyes of NFL teams. Unless you're Christian McCaffrey or Derrick Henry, you haven't gotten a big contract. What was Miles? What was Miles Sanders? The total terms of his deal. Do you remember what the the three years were? Uh,
8: three years eighteen. No, it was about a five year deal. Five years. Oh, 25. what am I thinking?
0: Yeah, yeah, I was thinking of somebody else.
8: Yeah, five year twenty five million or no, nah, like. it's four years twenty five million. Okay,
0: four so, years twenty five yeah, million.
8: So, yeah, because it was six million a year.
0: I mean, that, I think that tells you just about everything you need to know.
8: That's not much when you think about it, and that's considered a high-end deal.
0: 20 years ago, teams were still justifying drafting a, a top-end running back in the top 10 of the draft over quarterbacks.
8: Remember, the whole entire Cowboys dynasty was almost draw, dragged to the halt when Emmett Smith sat out the first two weeks of the 93 season. Right. And then they lost, and like, oh, my God, we got to bring Emmett back. True. And the truth is NFL teams have found out they can get almost the
0: same production from a young, cheap running back as they can from an established one. So if a team has to choose between a guy making, you know, $8 million, $10 million a year, or a guy that they can get to make, you know, $3 million a year, they're usually going to pick the cheaper guy, the cheaper option, because there's not going to be that much drop off in production, or at least that's the mindset and it's going to save them money. Now, is there a a correction coming? You know, is this just a, a cycle in the NFL and Running backs are going to become more valued again. And we see this revert back to some semblance of what we've all known as normal in the NFL. I don't think so. I don't think so. Now, I think that football is, is the case with most games, most leagues. It's just, It's cyclical, right? You see things come and go. But I don't think as a product or as fans we're suddenly going to usher in or bring back the era of the running back being the most valued, most highly paid player on the field. We've seen the the NFL shift to being a pass-heavy league, rules skewing in that direction, teams drafting personnel, building offenses around passing games. That's nothing new, but it's been that way for a while. Like, Do you ever envision the return of the running back in that way? Don't get me wrong now. It is still extremely important to be able to run the football especially situationally in the NFL. But do we ever see a day where the NFL running backs value returns to anything close to what it once was? I highly
8: doubt it. I mean, it just feels like a lot of that. A lot of that has gone to both the wide receivers and even to the tight ends. Now, I mean, you know, it feels like, you know, the depth of tight ends of great tight ends in the league is nowhere near as big as the running back, but man, if you get some of those special tight ends, they are with you for 10 to 15 years. I mean, it also helps too, that tight ends are getting more and more involved with media landscape. And it feels like they have been more advocate. They've been bigger advocates for tight ends as general. I mean, last week was uh, Greg Olson's little event that he has with George Kittle, Travis Kelsey, T-E-U. So it feels like tight ends are getting more love and they've taken some of that love away and some of that money away, quite frankly, or uh, away from the running backs. And you could even say, Interior linemen are getting some of that love and money away from the running backs as well. I could agree with that. Now, real quick before we step aside,
0: and I'll take your reactions when we come back. If you want to weigh in, the alternate number still humming for
8: now 704
0: 548 7890. It's 548 7890 if you want to call. The text line is the usual number 704 570 9610. This is from John Breach over at CBS Sports. Quote If you want an idea of how ugly things have been for the running backs, just consider this. Back in 2013, the franchise tag number for the position was 8.08 million dollars. So 10 years ago, the franchise tag number for the running back was 8 million dollars. This year, that number's 10 million dollars—an increase of 25 percent. Which might sound like a nice bump until you realize that almost every other position has seen its tag number double in that same span. Quarterbacks have gone from 14 and a half million to over 32 million. Linebackers have seen, I just mentioned linebackers, they've seen their total increase by more than 100%, 9 million, to 20, nearly 21 million. Defensive tackles have gone from 8.3 mil to 19 million in that span. Many of these positions have more than doubled, and the running backs have seen a 25% bump. And Melvin Gordon's calling it the worst, literally the worst position to play in the NFL. Now that's relative, Okay. Um, they still make a lot of money. They still play in the NFL. We get all that, but relative to their peers across the league and, and across the field, I should say, it ain't great. It's not great. NFL teams have figured out they can get the same production from young, cheap running backs as they can from an established name. You can save money. That, that's where all the savings are at the running back position. We agree. Yeah. That, unless you're Derek Henry or Christian McCaffrey, that's where the savings come from in this day and age at the running back position. And John breach of CBS sports laid it out really nicely. Um, he uh He says, "Look, back in twenty thirteen a decade ago, the cap number or i'm sorry, the franchise tag number for running backs was eight million dollars. Ten years later, it's up to ten million dollars, which sounds like a decent twenty five percent bump until you look at the rest of the field and you've seen quarterbacks go from fourteen and a half million to thirty two and a half million. That's an increase of hundred and twenty one percent Linebackers have seen their total increase by more than hundred percent nine and a half million to twenty one million Defensive tackles, $8.5 million to nearly $19 million. Besides running backs, the lowest percentage jump over the last 10 years has gone to corners who have, quote-unquote, only seen their tag number jump by 70%. It's gone from 10.5 to 18, which is still substantially more than the bump that running backs have, have gotten. And also, higher-priced running backs just haven't been part of the super bowl winning formula for a lot of teams since 2010 the leading rusher on the super bowl winning team has an average base salary of 1.2 million dollars just under 1.2 million dollars and and teams are walking away from signing high-priced veterans which is a big reason why zeke elliott dalvin cook leonard Fournette, kareem hunt why these guys are still looking for teams has dalvin cook signed yet Do we know? No, no. That's right.
8: But he's like, he's going to likely get it signed before training camp. Oh, no, I I don't worry about that.
0: Somebody's going to pick him up. Um, And if these guys aren't willing to lower their asking price, then boom, they're free agents. And as for Melvin Gordon, he got a Super Bowl ring in 2022 as a member of the Chiefs practice squad. um, But he's not going back to Kansas City this year. He's currently a free agent looking for somewhere to sign. Previously, of course, played for the Chargers and the Broncos. Wherever he goes, he's not going to make that much money. You're probably looking at, at Melvin Gordon getting uh, what, two mil, three mil, as a, a as a veteran, established guy.
8: Yeah. What, what's the vet men now? Because that's what he's probably going to get. Yeah. That's. I mean, I, I. think that's probably it. He's running back over thirty years old.
0: So I mean, what do you do? Like this one's not coming all the way around, is it?
8: No. It gone are the days of two thousand three. Like you go back to two thousand three the the way the league was marketed and the way that leagues fought the whole entire league fought about running back. It felt like running backs and wide receivers were essentially on the same level with maybe a little bit of an edge towards running back. I mean you think about the running backs back then. You got Priest Holmes, Jamal Lewis, Steven Davis, uh, Corey Dillon. I mean the list goes on and Ladanian Tomlinson, the list goes on and on. Every single team, one of their biggest stars, if not their biggest star, was a running back. How many teams nowadays can say, yeah, our biggest star is a running back now? Derrick Henry, that's more so because Ryan Tannehill just isn't cutting it at quarterback. I mean, San Francisco with Christian McCaffrey, but he's even he's only been there for half a year. You can't really say that with anyone else. Who, who's, who's the, how many running backs are bigger than their quarterbacks or receivers now? Mm-hmm. Probably one or two. Yeah. And that's because they're the elite of the elite. And even then, the star running backs aren't getting you to the, the promised land like they did before in the 80s, 90s, 2000s, and anywhere before then.
0: I just, I just don't see this one coming around. Like this one's not coming back. You know, it's a past happy league. These coaches are more than willing to let their, let their quarterbacks throw it forty times a game, forty to forty-five. That's two-thirds of your snaps. So then, why would you overspend at the position if, if your quarterback is throwing it, let's say forty times a game, which is I don't know what the average is across the NFL. Can you look that up? I don't know what the exact average is, but offenses are not completely balanced anymore most of them at least skew, you know, 60-40 to, to the passing game. Why are you overpaying at that position? And especially when and I think Big Cat Jay, or Big Cat Dan, Big Cat James, uh, Big Cat Dan said the body pool for running backs got even bigger with the USFL and the XFL. That's the other thing. That's true. That's very true. There are some dudes who can populate depth charts in the NFL at that position. So, you know, I don't think the situation's getting better anytime soon. Now, I don't know what running backs can do to combat this. Um, but like, okay, Big Cat Dan says, I can't even name Seattle's running backs. Do you think anybody across the NFL could name Carolina's running backs before Miles Sanders showed up? No. No. Not even Foreman, most of them. Most the average fan, now this might be true of a lot of things, but the average fan could not have given you probably a single name in Carolina's backfield.
8: Yeah, I mean, I could give you Seattle's, but I don't even know if that's changed since Is it? Well, it's the uh, the Travis Mich- Homer.
0: Well, yeah, okay.
8: Oh, 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 um, Michigan State. Kenneth, um, yeah, Walker. Kenneth,
0: yeah, Kenneth Walker. Yeah, Kenneth Walker. Yeah, Kenneth Walker Jr.? The third. The third? The fourth. I don't know. But Kenneth
8: Walker. You're freaking of Lonnie Walker. That's it. That, that says Kenneth Walker the third. Boom. But even then, we have to think about it. It's not one of those things like six, seven years ago we could say, oh, Marshawn Lynch provided the Seahawks 20 years ago. Who was the star of the Seahawks? Sean Alexander. Boom. right. Sean Alexander was the MVP. Sean Alexander broke a record, <laughs> and then it got broke the next year by LaDainian Tomlinson for that's, most touchdowns by a running back. That's true. That's it's true. never been touched
0: sure. since then. Yes, yes. Now, a 704 number just said, how will the multimillionaire athlete live off of $3 million a year? I'd rather listen to you say Roll Tide than listen to these butthurt pros. It's not about trying to, to, to engender sympathy from you. You know, or evoke sympathy from you for these millionaire athletes. That's not it. It it does speak, though, to roster building and how to prioritize and how much just our general view of the game and how we think roster building should be done and what's valued and who you keep has completely changed.
1: You tuned into instant replay when the audio was so good it has to be heard again. Sports Radio 92.7
2: WFNZ, the exclusive home of the Charlotte sports fan. Queen City. Your family and your friends are invited to celebrate America's freedom at the best 4th of July fireworks show in the Southeast. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ welcomes the return of WBT Sky Show. Tuesday, July 4th at Truist Field in Uptown Charlotte. Come out and enjoy the fun of Charlotte Knights baseball. And don't miss the amazing 4th of July fireworks show at the 2023 WBT Sky Show. Brought to you in part by Audi Charlotte and try our waterproofing. For more information, visit WFNZ.com. Congratulations,
1: Brandon Miller, and welcome to the Queen City. With the second pick in the 2023 NBA draft, the Charlotte Hornets select Brandon Miller. We can't wait to hit the lake with you, show you around Uptown, and watch you do your thing at the spectrum Center. Once the city of Charlotte gets to know them, I mean, I think they won't fall in love with. Happy to have you join the team here at Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Like my dad said, once
2: Charlie gets to
0: know who I am, it's going to be a
2: movie. The exclusive home of the Charlotte Hornets and the Charlotte Sports fan.
1: Up and at him, everyone. Start your day with a little Mac and
4: Bone. She is Jessica Charman, Charlotte FC Radio Network Analyst. There's a woman out there. She is interested in Flounder. But she's getting a little nervous and creeped out. Blound guys,
2: him. you're ruining flounder's opportunity. She, by is, letting it, her... is, it, is it She's made?
4: creeped out by Mac's behavior on the air during the whole thing. That uh, makes sense. He's too uh, excited and out. acting weird, and now she's getting nervous, and Mac might be ruining the I'll whole thing. I'll go
3: nowhere near that date. I will stay away. I will stay away. Jess, how did you know it was us? one of us ruining this thing? How would you know that?
2: Because you guys are the biggest sea blocks in the world. Oh my, oh,
3: my
1: God. God. Oh my. <laughs>
4: oh, 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 my God. <laughs> the Mac and Bone Show, <laughs> the human sea block Wow. Oh, my God.
1: Shower, shave, and sh- share your mornings with Mac and Bone. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ.
2: The official home of the Charlotte Sports Fan. There's a new
1: sound coming from Uptown.
5: It's a weird story, but me and my friend saved a lamb one time. <laughs> That's so, uh, what's the town? Catawba County. It's very Catawba County. Yeah. I was at my buddy's place. They just got a new sheep. And my buddy's grandfather said, if you let that sheep out of its pen, I'm going to destroy you. What did we do? We sure enough let the new sheep out of the pen, and it was running all around Claremont like it just broke out of jail. It was being
1: bad.
6: (laughs) (laughs) Oh,
5: yeah, that's for next week.
1: Listen to the Wes and Walker Show, weekdays from noon to 3, only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ.
2: The official home of the Charlotte sports fan.
1: Recently on the
8: Kyle Bailey Show. Also, Coastal Carolina takes on Ryder, 7 p.m., also on ESPN+. Plus. A lot of also's right there, Smoke. Anything else to add? In terms of baseball, no, but we also uh, we also want to make... Now I'm more cognizant of what I've been doing. We move on. The
1: Kyle Bailey Show, weekday afternoons from 3 to 6, only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM, WFNC.
2: The official home of the Charlotte sports fan. Give away the medal and a
1: tip by Bear, they score! Charlotte FC is carrying the crown through another major league soccer season and you can celebrate the journey at the WFNC Jack Daniels Doghouse before and after every home game. A
2: save made by Kalina and he comes to a on the rebound. The Doghouse doors will open up three hours before every home match. So stop by and kick off with some of your favorite friends
1: that's right join wfnc before and after all home matches with select broadcasts coming to you live from the audi charlotte studio and brought to you by jack daniels and pepsi and that is it the crowd belongs to charlotte only from sports radio 92.7 wfnc the exclusive home of the
2: charlotte sports fan
0: Hey, guys, it's Kyle Bailey coming up at 3 o'clock. No smoke. He's out with surgery. Wish him well. Marlowe's in. We'll talk to Nick Carboni and Chip Patterson. Be there at 3 o'clock.
5: Earlier this week on the Wesson Walker Show. No, I did not want Brandon Miller at number two. I wanted Scoot Henderson, and I had spent five weeks saying that I wanted Scoot Henderson, and I'm not going to backtrack from it. That's exactly what I wanted at the number two overall pick. I'm going to be somebody that still pulls for Brandon because I want the best for the Charlotte Hornets, and I want them to get to the first round of the playoffs. I want them to win that series. I want them to get to the Eastern Conference Finals for the first time in franchise history. And if Brandon Miller is somebody that can do that better than Scoot Henderson can long term, I will gladly raise my hand and say, Say i was dead wrong i was loud wrong and let's hope that it can actually happen
1: it's wes and walker weekday afternoons from noon to three only on sports radio 92.7 fm wfnz
2: the official home of the charlotte sports fan
10: hey y'all jeff foxworthy here B-Y-O-B. No, bring your own bucket to the campfire. And be extra careful with things like burning yard trimmings. Don't just walk away, or chances are you might be starting a wildfire. So for the love of the outdoors, go to SmokeyBear.com to learn more about wildfire prevention.
1: The following is an exclusive presentation from Sports Radio 92.7.
2: The exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports Fan.
1: You're listening to WFNC-FM Harrisburg
2: and WLNK-HD3 Charlotte. The official home of the Charlotte Sports Fan.
10: The following
1: is a presentation of Westwood One Sports. It's the Men's College World Series. It's uh, the Westwood One NCAA
2: Radio Network.
12: Two one hit sharply to the right side. That's going to go all the way to the gap and through to the wall. LSU is going to be on the scoreboard. First blood belongs to the Tigers trying to clinch a championship.
7: Got off to a good start offensively. Would have been good to maybe put a little more pressure on them, uh, but we didn't do that. And then uh, you have to credit them. It was just a onslaught of good at-bats and, and barrels and uh, they're a great team and, and they play great.
12: Evans has a chance to give Florida the lead with two down and the base is loaded here in the third inning. The pitch. hit high in the air on that slider that hung down the left field line. It is heading down the line and being blown. A fair ball! It's a home run! Oh my goodness! A grand slam! That ball carried and carried and carried! Seven to three Gators. I don't believe that ball just left this
8: field. I honestly, thought it was foul off the bat, probably just like everyone else. But uh, I started just kind of jogging it out, and I looked up at Luke, and he was like spinning around in circles. So <laughs> I didn't even see the ball land. I just knew it was out once I started doing that.
12: Here comes the stretch for Collins of the pitch. The breaking ball hit high in the air, deep left field. That ball is out of here,
9: and Florida has now broken it open. 0-1. Fabian a little looper into left that's going to drop in for a base hit Halter will score Thomas will score two runs single and it's 24 to 3 the most runs ever scored in a college World Series game
11: obviously we can't take any of these runs in tomorrow, we'll have to reset and reboot but um, awfully proud of the way they responded from yesterday's tough loss
9: and off the foot of the pitcher, trickles to the first baseman, throws back to the pitcher, and he got him! A kick save and a beauty for Ficarota. The final out is recorded, and an ending to a game as improbable as the score. Florida wins it 24-4. They don't need
11: a rah-rah speech tomorrow, I mean, we're playing a very good LSU team, and... The winner's going to have the opportunity to be national champions.
9: And a chance for a national title will be played Monday night between the Gators and the Tigers.
7: We're going to stick to how we prepare and um, roll it out tomorrow and give it everything that we have. You know, it's one game for the national championship. I think Coach O'Sullivan probably feels great about his team, you know, as he should with the players they have. I feel great about my team with the players that we have.
8: Now,
7: let's head to Omaha for Westwood One's exclusive
1: coverage of the 2023 Men's College World Series.
9: Here's Kevin Kugler and Scott Graham. We welcome you to Charles Schwab Field for Game 3 of the Men's College World Series Championship Series as the LSU Tigers face the Florida Gators in a one-game showdown for the national title. Tonight's broadcast of the 2023 Men's College World Series on the Westwood One NCAA Radio Network is sponsored by Capital One, by Granger, by Wrangler, by Angie, and by NCAA.com. with scott graham and field reporter john bishop i'm kevin kugler welcome to omaha for exclusive coverage of game number three of the 2023 men's college world series finals on the westwood one ncaa radio network lsu won the opener saturday night 4-3 in 11 innings florida yesterday 24 to 4 winners over the lsu tigers that forces this decisive game three and so The 2023 college baseball season comes down to one game. Decide whether the Tigers or the Gators walk away with the title of national champions. And you couldn't have a better night for baseball in the great city of Omaha, Nebraska. Bright sunshine, light breeze blowing out about 10 to 15 miles per hour towards right center. Temperatures very comfortable right now in Omaha in the mid-80s. This is picture-perfect weather to close out the Men's College World Series in a series that has really been dotted with outstanding weather. One delay the entirety of the series, a lightning delay early in the series that really saw no rainfall in the 88 minutes it was delayed.
12: Now Kevin, this series has also seen tremendous play, tight ball games, and all of that came to a screeching halt yesterday in that crazy 24-4 to blowout for Florida over LSU. You heard at the top, both coaches saying you got to flush that out. You got to do it immediately. And now you turn things over to, once again, a set starting pitching situation for the Gators. Jack Caglione will get the ball, and we kind of knew that all the way on through. Now, on the other side for LSU, they're going to cobble it together tonight, but Thatcher Hurd, who was a starter and became the closer, will get the ball first. Who's behind him and how much?
9: That's to be determined as the night goes on. Well, there's a lot of questions about pitching, including will we see LSU's ace and the best pitcher in college baseball, Paul Skeens. That hasn't been ruled out. Time to welcome in the third member of our crew, our field reporter for tonight, John Bishop. John?
11: Kevin, yesterday was ridiculous. You heard the home run call by Scott Graham during our montage. That grand slam by Ty Evans left this ballpark at a 51 degree launch angle. Then later in the game, Jack Caglione's home run went out at a 55 degree launch angle. To put this into perspective, since the stat cast era began in Major League Baseball in 2015, no home runs in the last eight years have left any ballpark in America at those two launch angles. It was that kind of a windy day. Today, we still have winds blowing out, but it's a little bit more to right field, indicative of a northerly wind, but not nearly as fierce as it was yesterday. And those winds should die down throughout the course of the game here tonight. It's a winner take all for the national championship. And as we continue on our national championship pregame show, I'll be joined by both head coaches, Kevin O'Sullivan of Florida, and next, LSU's Jay Johnson. You're listening to the Men's College World Series on the Westwood One NCAA Radio Network. welcome back to the men's college world series down on the field with lsu head coach jay johnson you know the last time lsu won this national championship they won the first game in eleven lost the second won the third it's a pretty good pattern think you can make it work tonight
7: sign me up for that pattern yeah no uh we'll be ready to play excited to be here being one of the last two teams standing playing baseball on june 26 our guys have earned it we're ready
11: thatcher Hurd's going to go tonight but you also have you have griffin herring lined up
7: do you have Riley Cooper available tonight as well? He is a bit, he is definitely available.
11: Between those three, does the math work to get to nine innings?
7: Uh, I think so, for sure. I think uh, it's a great lineup, great offense, one of the best teams in the country. Really not a surprise who we're playing and, and that we're at a game three. So it really comes down to execution. There's a path for all those guys provided they execute the way they can.
11: The world all wants to know, would Paul Skeens be available even for an inning?
7: You know, as crazy as it sounds, like we don't have that answer yet. He's actually running through his testing right now as we speak uh, relative to how his body is. And, and the key is his body in a place where it can move and function the way that it normally does, so we don't put his arm at risk.
11: If he were available tonight, is it vital that it be a clean inning and not midway through because he hasn't pitched relief in two years?
7: Yeah, we we want to, just for his well-being, we would want to start an inning. Meanwhile yesterday I know
11: everything didn't go as well but how do you think the guys responded? you saw him at breakfast saw him today now in the batting cage yeah. how do you feel they've responded
7: yeah I think great I think uh, they needed to get some sleep um, obviously a big emotional win on Saturday I mean this is our eighth game in 10 days I mean we we frankly hit a wall yesterday whether anybody wants to hear that or not um, that absolutely happened relative to the pitching that was available and just the the energy of the position players but just see a different dynamic with them uh, today and really excited to be here.
11: How much did you chalk up yesterday to the weather too? Because it was so unusual, today not going to be as windy as yesterday.
7: Yeah, I mean it was different just because the whole tournament, it basically, uh, the 180 degree turn, Um, but that's part of it. You know, I mean, I told somebody yesterday if I could control the wind and the weather, uh, I'd make all perfect decisions.
11: 30 guys left on base in the last 20 innings of offense, and I know you've talked about it, you know, when you're leading the country and on base percentage, you're going to leave some guys on base. Do you maybe try to put guys in motion a little bit more, maybe to shake things up?
7: Well, we actually have early in both of these games, and uh, it's actually worked and led into when we have scored. You know, what we did is There was nine, we've had nine really good at-bats here with runners in scoring position. We showed those, them to those, showed those at-bats to the team today, and there was a common theme of guys just staying within themselves, using the middle of the field, not trying to do too much, and that's what we have to do tonight if we want to win.
11: Finally, on to Jack Caglione. He can be a little wild early in innings. How important is it for your guys to show some patience the plate, maybe in the first couple of innings?
7: That's real important. I mean, he was out after four innings against TCU. Um, He's got great stuff. He's got a great fastball. Um... The game's going to come down to a few things. It's going to come down to strike zone discipline, so we create opportunities like we have. Maybe somebody hits a solo home runner, a two-run homer with a man on first, and then just staying within ourselves when we get runners in scoring position and hitting the ball hard and low to the middle of the field. Jay, good luck. Thank you very much. You
11: That's Jay Johnson, the head coach of the LSU Tigers. Now, as he mentioned, the math does work out. And when you look at what LSU has done in this tournament, Thatcher Hurd gave them three great innings in extra innings to help win and get them to to this championship final. Then you had Griffin Herring. He went four plus innings in his outing of relief. And then Riley Cooper. I mean, Riley Cooper has been arguably the best relief pitcher in this tournament. He's the only pitcher with three saves and a win, only the third pitcher all time to have that many saves and wins in one single tournament. So we'll see how the math works out tonight and if LSU can claim that national championship. Still to come, we'll talk with Florida head coach Kevin O'Sullivan. From the Westwood One NCAA Radio Network, this is the College World Series.
1: Shop the best deals of the summer now at Lowe's. Freshen up your home inside and out with buy one, get one 50% off on select interior and exterior paints and exterior stains via Lowe's gift card rebate. Plus, save big on select patio furniture and accessories with up to 50% off. Lowe's knows July 4th savings. Lowe's knows home improvement. Offers filed through 628. Selection varies by location. While supplies last, more terms and restrictions apply. See Lowe's.com slash rebates for details.
5: What makes Quick Trip more than a gas station? Just ask our employees.
8: The people make
2: the place. I think that's really what it is.
11: I am a people person, and so I love developing
9: relationships with my customers, having them come in every day, knowing their orders, knowing what they want. You're representing something greater than yourself, and if you can give that person a great experience, it becomes a comfort. That atmosphere definitely
2: affects our customers, and they see that, and they love it, and they come back.
9: So I think Quick Trip is more than just the gas station. We're family. QT, more
10: than a gas station. G came through the belly of the aircraft. We don't talk about the female combat wounded. These are our daughters and our sisters and our mothers. Wounded Warrior Project came into my life and taught me how to stand back up and get back in the fight. The truth is I think we all have this strength inside of us, but until you're tested, you just don't know it's there.
2: See how Wounded Warrior Project empowers women veterans like Beth by visiting WoundedWarriorProject.org slash vets
1: Let's pause 10 seconds for station identification. This is the Westwood One NCAA Radio Network. Your home for the national championships. You're listening to WFNC-FM Harrisburg and WLNK-HD3
2: Charlotte. The official home of the Charlotte Sports Fan. Tag
9: fly ball deep to right field at the track looking up it is gone Caglione stands alone 33 home runs on the season the most ever by a player in the BB Corbat era the nation's leader with his second today and it's 19-3 Florida
11: John Bishop back on the field here with Kevin O'Sullivan, of course yesterday Jack Caglione as called by Kevin Kugler, one of the six home runs in in this ballpark. I I mentioned it yesterday, you guys broke my ballpark yesterday. Yeah, well it was one of those days, the wind was blowing out and uh, we had a really good offensive day obviously. How much was that, obviously you needed it because you needed to win, but how much of that also was just needed for the confidence of the hitters who You know, kind of scuffled a little bit when this ballpark plays differently. Well, I mean, the bottom line is I think we've had to learn how to win differently. Our first three wins out here were by one run, and um, we we ended up, um, you know, winning the first game late because the wind stopped blowing in and.